0: One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys joined forces to make One Decent Pastor, and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. The one
1: thing.
0: That was the countdown. Yeah. All right. taught you how to count down? I did yeah. One zero, that's one ten. Zero. That's all you get. I think we're live. Yeah, I think live. we are. Yeah. Welcome to Table Talk. We got a new counter today, and you yeah, usually we get a proper countdown at least from mm-hmm. five. Today we got one zero. Marcy's not here. Up, one so. zero. So that's yeah. clearly why we're not prepared. Yeah. Yeah. We're just we're okay. on we just want everybody to So we are live. Okay. It's uh, Thursday morning Friday. in Central Oregon. And Thursday morning. You're t- you're tuned into Table Talk. That's right. About How, to have your life changed. How's everybody? How's everybody doing? Or and or do we need to? Just horrible. Announce anything's good. Been a horrible like yeah. half hour leading up to this. <laughs> 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 Let's pretend it's not. And uh, right. No, I'm just kidding.
2: Uh, food distribution is happening, right? I, I, don't, I just saw something on Facebook from Diane. Maybe out of the
0: ordinary. Yeah, they did an extra one on on uh, in Lapine this week. Uh, it's coming to be this Friday. Normally, it's the fourth Friday, and for some reason, they're doing it twice this month. I don't know if it's because they missed one last month. I think there was a snow
2: cancellation last month so you're saying that I'm remembering.
0: Yeah. I don't think it's a new normal. I think it's just for this week. But uh, this Friday in Lapine and then uh, next or this coming Monday here in Sun River and then the following Friday in Lapine. So yeah, I think that's correct. Look at the calendar, but yeah, (laughs) it sounds right. Yeah. I don't have anything announcement wise going on that I can think of at all. So Marcy's gone. She's
1: in Minnesota.
0: Hanging out with her sister. Zep, sister. So, Jordan's a little down in the dumps right now because his wife is gone. <sighs> or he's not. He's sad. But he should act like he's smoking is. around. <laughs> no, I'm definitely a little <laughs> down. Yeah.
2: You just see him sitting by the window yeah. staring out into the nothingness.
0: How do you
1: know that? Have you been watching me? <laughs> no, I would never do that. <laughs>
3: okay, good. <laughs> when did she come back?
1: It's like another week and a half.
3: That's hardcore, man. So long as she have been away apart from each other?
1: Yeah, maybe in a long, maybe in a year since ever. <laughs> well, pray pray for the vicar. Pray for the. vicar. Let's vicars. talk about something else. Yeah, you're, you're going to start. You're open to dinner <laughs> now. We're all the down. Next week and a half, right? Oh, uh, what's your dinner, Chad? <laughs> you got to tell me what it is, and I'll tell you if I
2: show up. You should just know when you come to my house, the dinner is always good. So it really wouldn't it shouldn't matter what it is.
0: Let's talk about it later. <laughs> what are we talking about today, guys? <laughs> Not food. Not <laughs> dinner. <Yeah.
3: laughs> talking about what is it theology why theology matters
0: why theology matters
3: yeah one of those wonderful subjects we're still in the church and we so we're going through and trying to figure out like like kinda of what are like some essential subjects we should be talking about when it comes to the church and when it comes to you know letting people in on just information about the door and how we view certain things and what we esteem and and uh, so <clears throat> theology is definitely one of them why theology matters we thought would be um, pertinent to talk about so um our opening statement on the website starts with this the door is a non-denominational bible believing bible proclaiming church why do we see fit to to lead our statement out that way what do we mean by putting that there what are we saying
0: i think it's become uh rare for a church Today to, to you know continue to hold to the inerrancy of Scripture, the idea that Scripture is sufficient, that it's without error, that it's um, it's it's all that we need, and, and that it's our authority. Mm-hmm. And so to come right out and just let people know that that's kind of the starting point of who we are as a church, that we believe that, and that we're committed to proclaiming all of it, is tells people a lot in, in today's exactly. World, so.
3: Exactly, yep. it gets it's, us it gets us some people, and then it um, keeps us from getting others. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Which is good. Chad, were you yeah. going to say something?
2: No, I, I, I agree with that. I just was thinking that, you know, I, I see a lot of my social media feeds these days about you know, people that would even proclaim to be Bible-believing, but at the same time um, don't believe the Bible.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and so they would say on one hand, you know, believe the Bible, but, you know, the Bible is an old book. Maybe it's antiquated or outdated. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the culture was this back then, and culture has evolved, and so our thinking needs to evolve. You know, kind of that that light of thinking is becoming more and more prevalent. it hasn't
0: kept up with the times yeah right
3: so so it can actually mean like we read our Bibles you'll see us crack our Bible open and read it but not necessarily hold to the orthodoxy right of what's contained in it well I mean, even the idea like the Bible has some good things to say
2: you know right. maybe it's it's a guidebook or an instruction right. book but people don't you know kind of bake their
0: lives on it or um, you know kind of you know, the authority of it like you talked about Mm -hmm. There's even a movement recently, uh, the idea that, you know, a famous pastor talked about unhitching from the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. the idea that we don't, let's not even go back there because that's just too hard to explain. Mm -hmm. You know, we really can't get God off the hook in the Old Testament, so let's just not even talk about that. Let's just go to the New Testament and focus on that. And that's just wrong theology. It's a a very wrong understanding of of the the story of the Bible and and God's revelation of himself through it. so. So
3: let's start with this. What is theology? Just to make sure we're all on the same page.
1: The knowledge or study of God, yeah, the the study of the study of God, basically. So,
0: and then how he relates to his creation and and uh, you know and his plan for his creation kind yeah. of is which all
3: falls that, under the banner yeah. of the study
1: of
0: God, yep. right? Yeah, um,
1: which is possible because he's revealed himself. There you go.
3: Yes, and we're definitely gonna
1: gonna talk a, a little bit about that. So,
3: one of the reasons that we thought it would be a good idea to hit this subject is because, like we've already alluded to, there's a lot of people within the evangelical circle, within the church, the evangelical church, um, that have actually come to kind of view the word theology and the and the, and the thought of theology in a negative sense. Why is that? Why, why are there so many people um, that kind of poo-poo theology that are Christians?
2: I think, I don't know if anybody would, would consciously say this, but I think kind of under the surface there's this idea that if, if God is real and if God has revealed himself to us just just logically thinking logically then, then we better pay attention to what he says and if we do that then you know there, there's there's a power that's higher than me uh, there's somebody or something higher than me dictating my life and we just don't want our lives to
1: be dictated mm-hmm. yeah I think I think also theology sometimes is seen like it's a thing for universities or academics yep and that, and it's kind of almost like paired off against the idea of being spirit-filled. That like, you know, theology uh, is this like staunch, boring study that like almost can lead you away from God. Like it's, the spirit's not there, you know, and that it's like knowledge puffs it's up. Pure yeah, like this is just academic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then you know, against
0: more spirit-filled
1: or, or what I feel or whatever. You know, for sure. kind of I was even thinking of
0: there was a time when we talked about religion versus relationship that, mm-hmm. that was there was a guy that did a thing about it and we viewed that as like I think we do the same thing with theology like one is this cold hard facts mm-hmm. that don't you know they don't and the, the other is the where the, where it's really important the relationship aspect so we just kind of almost get rid of the idea of theology or doctrine sure because that's that's uh-huh. just the religious stuff and focus on the relationship stuff right sure. and it's a nice idea yeah <laughs> but it, it's got it creates a problem
3: yeah for sure um, yeah, I think a lot of people get, get theology crossed with um, just something that's straight intellectual or mm-hmm. or just knowledge, yeah. which we, we know the Bible, you know, Paul has some statements that he makes pretty strongly against just that. Um, the Pharisees kind of got ripped for that. They knew the right things, but they lacked the relationship part. And I think sometimes people will put that together. Um, one of the things I, I wrote down is is that a lot of uh, evangelicals, I think, see a lot of divisions. We talked about l- last week fragmentations in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, that comes from people focusing too much on theology and yeah. and getting nitpicky um, with you know where they stand on on some of that. Yeah. So um, knowledge, even work, I think you kind of said it earlier. It's it's this thing that almost seems like like drudgery. Mm-hmm. Like oh this it, like this is gonna take work like I have to and, and in in a way it does I, I think for me I was thinking about this this week I um I'm I'm ho- like my biggest nightmare is that I'm in school again I hate work I hate academics <laughs> I hate cracking books I hate reading I hate all that stuff and uh, I remember as a young Christian uh, being in Bible studies and people always giving me like you know read this scripture we're gonna talk about this next week and it was it, it seemed at first like work, like the same old thing. But the difference was that because there's a spiritual com- reality, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't work. It actually became right. um, something much different than I'd ever experienced before as far as putting in work because there's there's so much reward mm-hmm. and, and blessing and benefit that comes from looking at this kind of, doing this kind of work, you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, and so it very well, really became work.
0: Especially when you think about the work that God has gone to to, to reveal himself to us. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a payoff in, in, in taking the time to, to discover that. And I, I, I saw a little thing that said, God cannot be worshipped if he is not known. And so we, you know, this is part of the... the the fun that we get to have of, of learning yes. who our God is and discovering, what he's like and adventuring, yep. and, and it opens up worship, you know, yep. in our lives, and it opens up, wor- you know, all these things that we need. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it should be exciting. Yeah. It
3: should be. Acts two forty two says, "And they, which is the early church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and of prayers." What does that mean? The apostles' teaching. What, are, what do you think Luke's communicating there?
2: The word. <laughs> I mean. The, the apostles were teaching about how God has revealed himself to us most fully in Christ.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and that was the thing that they were devoted to that, that dictated you know, every other aspect of the way that they lived.
3: Sure. And um, we would
0: call that theology, yeah, right,
3: definitely. ultimately? <laughs> well, I think yeah, it's absolutely. important to
0: distinguish that we're talking about capital A... Apostles, I think yes. probably in this in this situation to where yeah. they they were uh, able to write scripture, yes. uh, whereas no, we can't do that today. Nobody still has that ability. So they were they had the Old Testament at that time. They yeah. were writing letters to the church and they were devoting themselves to, to learning about both of those things. And the apostles were there as kind of authoritative yeah. figures in a different way than we have today. So yeah. Yeah. so now we have God's complete word, which is what you're saying. That that's where we go now is we we pick up the Bible and that's this that would be equivalent to devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Exactly, which is ultimately theology. Yes. It, it's God revealing himself, yeah. things about himself, things about us, things that he wants us to know um, using, using those men. Um, but, but I love that when the church was formed and came together, and this is, of course, an ongoing pattern, this is what they committed themselves to. Like this is what they huddled around was theology. Um, and it's ultimately what we do here too. We, we see value, of course, in um, singing songs and, and, and praise and praying together and all those things, but I, I think that, that we all have always felt strongly convicted that, that that main table that you're setting that we pull seats up to is the Word of God, You know, um, for well, reasons that can't even, be duplicated even, and, and even in the
0: things you just talked about, prayer and song, mm-hmm. those things are are steeped in theology, or you know, good and bad Well, they're even an fortunate. outflow of, yeah. 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 we'll
3: talk about that, there's <laughs> a yeah. the so, result of.
0: So even, even those things, we don't think of them in the same, in the same bucket, but they're yeah. part of the same thing. Yeah, yeah so. absolutely.
2: Well, if it's true that God has revealed himself to us, then, then we ought to
3: want to know <clears throat> who God is. Yeah, you, you, you'd you think so. Yeah. Um, I was thinking again, what's maybe one of the reasons why people kind of poo-poo it, <clears throat> and I think some people, even <clears throat> Christians, like to hold on to um, a God that they have fashioned. Mm-hmm. They know that if they go to the revealed word, that they might be right. faced with things that they don't want to be faced with um, and, and don't want correct. And so ignorance can become bliss. Mm-hmm. And, and it's yet another reason right. why some people stay away from theology or deep study or deep commitment to the word.
0: I, I, there, to the word. I remember people distinctly saying, you know the way God reveals Himself in the Bible. If that's what God's like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with. So they'll just kind of create something they are comfortable yeah. with. Yeah, and that's <coughs> called that's, idolatry. That's, I mean, even some of the the big books that have come out over the years. I mean, the Shack is a perfect example of that, mm-hmm. where that resonated with so many people because they understood God in this new, fresh way. The problem was, it wasn't a biblical way. It wasn't the right. way God chose to right. reveal Himself in Scripture. Right. It was a completely different way to to view Him right. that helped people in some weird way, but it wasn't accurate to right. God and that's that's where you run into problems. You know? Right. Which we would yep. probably
3: call like new revelation. Yeah. Which even which there is no new revelation. Um yeah. in fact let's go ahead and go to uh, Psalm chapter nineteen and uh we're just gonna we're just gonna basically our takeaway today will be four reasons why theology matters and I think they're all um kind of implanted in what David says in this chapter. Did you say nineteen or one nineteen? Nineteen. One nine,
1: there's a lot of highlighting in there. Must be a good one. Like if
3: Ty was counting down, like one, <laughs> <zero>. <laughs> you gotta is your We're whole, doing... dude, your whole chapter's <laughs> highlight. Why did you...
1: Well, you use that color? Green, yeah, it's a secret code. Oh. It's not, I just had a green one. <laughs> uh, Psalm
3: 19, uh, one of you can read down to uh 13, one through 13.
1: and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat.
3: I'm going to stop you there real quick. So there's two, there's two different kind of categories or types of revelation that we have. What are those?
1: General Boom. and special.
3: Boom. General revelation and special revelation and what we what David just unpacked for us here in the first. We talked about, about a young adult. <laughs> we, did, we just talked about a couple nights ago. Uh, what, what David gives us here in the first six verses is, is basically what we would consider general. In other words, what we see around us, what God has created for us to live in, uh, clearly displays things about him. It tells us stuff about mm-hmm. him. And then now from 7 through 13, it's going to go into special revelation, which is the word.
1: sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb moreover by them is your servant warned and keeping them there is great reward who can discern his errors declare me innocent from hidden faults keep me keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins let them not have dominion over me then I shall be blameless and innocent of the great of great transgression
3: cool thank you so basically we want to bring out four reasons in this this could be
1: 14 dude yeah we don't want
3: 14. That's do you cr- have that highlighted too a
1: classic <laughs> reggae song a, go ahead read it let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer.
3: That's why I left it out. Is because like it's overused, and I just wanted us to use like obscure verses. <laughs> you that was a reggae. Overused.
0: Song. It's a reggae song. Could have said it like in a Jamaican voice. That would have been yeah, better. Mom. Is that Toots? Toots mom. in the in the No,
1: miles? it's like some other band. I don't know. Sublime covered it. Who? That's real. That's real. <laughs> good, okay, good, four good, reasons. Mom. why theology matters. Um, <laughs> it helps identify
3: errors and heresies. It helps us to sanctify our mind, it helps us to minister more efficiently, effectively to others, and it leads us to praise. So let's start with the first one. It helps identify errors and heresies. We see him talk about this like in places like verse 11 here, um, and uh, actually it's kind of a tone throughout there. How does theology, um, being basically immersed in theology, help us identify errors and heresies? We actually kind of alluded to this already, but it gives us some guardrails. Yeah, I was thinking the
2: bumpers of the bumpers of the bowling alley. Yeah, great, so great are, are, Yeah, great blades, mod.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, I think it was Tim Keller that. that uh, <laughs> yeah, that was
3: bad, dude. I know.
2: Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, Keller talks about that. Uh, you know, if your God uh, never offends you, you've probably created an idealized yeah. version of yourself. For sure. Kind yeah. of what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And you know, having right theology keeps us from doing that. It protects us from doing
3: that. Yeah, because it not only tells us things that God wants, which we'll get to um, in, in the kind of number two, um, but it tells us also what, um, what he doesn't want, what he doesn't like, right. what he doesn't approve of. And we need this because in our sinful state, we're, we're naturally drawn con- constantly to things that aren't good for us, that aren't right. of God um and so it's kind of in a sense like a like, like a compass like we talk about all the time brent always says that points us true north or like a gps <clears throat> like a, a true gps
0: yeah
3: did i tell you the story that i think i told this before when we went to chicago and uh this was years ago and uh we were uh, standard our uncle not uncle he was a cousin i guess that worked for the the he was a detective in chicago for years and so he was telling us about all the places not to go and he's like Southside chicago you just don't even go around there he's like the cops don't even go there like they they're kind of a nation under their own of just chaos and so we went to this museum one day and my dad had brought this this old garment with him, like flew it on the plane with him and brought it with him to the rental car. And it was something that we've been telling him for like twenty years, like, throw that away. Like it's dated. Right. So he brings this garment and there's this traffic jam coming out of the out of the museum, which was on the southeast side of Chicago. And so he punches this thing in and then he's like, Oh no, here's a here's a straight route. We'll just go there and it went right through the area. Right it took us right <laughs> through the area where our cousin was like, You you should not go there. And the word of God's a lot that way. Like if we uh, if, if we didn't have something like this that points us true north um, and, and discerns the things that we're unable to discern for us, we're going to find ourselves in bad neighborhoods all the time. Um, some neighborhoods that we may not get out of too easily, and we, we found that in, in Chicago well, that day. So,
0: along with yeah. that, we've also got um, what we would just say the, the orthodoxy that, that's, that's you know come through history as as what people have defended, there's been councils, there's been times where things were questioned and yeah. it got righted. So so there's this, kind of this orthodox version of, of a doctrinal statement that's that's carried on through, uh, that we can hold onto and that, right. that's safe. Yeah. I think every time you, you know, there's the old saying, if it's new, it's not true. And yeah. if it's true, it's not new. When somebody comes up with something out of the ordinary new that's not been there before, you know, red flags and sirens need yeah. to start yeah. going off because no. there's what's tried and true that we know has been kind you know, that faith that's been handed down or that, that is something that we can gravitate towards you know again based in scripture but for sure another safety you know bumpers i guess and when it comes
3: to things that are new or have a slightly different twist on them uh like we were talking about earlier i mean i mean really if there's a pattern that we see with cults that get formed yep. um and just um just one of the characteristics of what we would call a cult or you know characterizes a cult it's usually a new spin on something yeah,
0: innovation it's right. an innovation. Yeah. yeah. Or rehashed from something from before, you know. I mean, people are always going to challenge things like the deity of Christ. I mean right. it's it's happened way back then. They had councils to yeah. say no, we will not budge on this, and it's happening today in different ways. Um but there's some bricks in the in the wall of orthodoxy that you can't remove. Yeah. And and that's just something that I, I appreciate all those men and you know, the, those theologians and those people that have gone ahead of us and, and kind of made sure that that's that sure been fought for right. and yeah, kept.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm even thinking in the information age that we live in. We have so much information at any given moment during the day from so many sources coming in. Mm -hmm. We're hearing so many things. um, And sometimes we can't keep up with cycling through them or filtering through them or even um, discerning them. Sometimes even we are capable of going off uh, something that we feel um, when we hear something. Um, and so the, the Word of God is one of those things that, again, we, we can take those things and test them against. If we're not, if we're not doing that, we're going to find ourselves in trouble a lot. We're going to find ourselves yeah. you know, going from straying slightly to before we know it being way off course if we're not enjoying and taking advantage of the theology that's been passed down to us and preserved. So, so it keeps us from error. Anyone else on that one?
1: What was the question?
3: It was uh, well. The first reason why theology matters is it helps identify errors and heresies.
1: We get on. That? Yeah, I mean, if you <clears throat> if you go to a new <clears throat> go to a new place or are trying out a new church or whatever, like it's important to know your theology so you know what they're teaching. Sometimes, even if it's just, um, even just what their distinctives are or yeah. whatever. Even if you're reading
3: a statement of faith, yeah. How do you know what you're reading? How do you filter through that if you don't have any idea of yeah. you know, theology?
1: Because like, it's not a good idea to just go, "Oh, here's a church. I like their website. Let me like go there for six months and try it out." Like, sure. you know, it's sure. good to be discerning and, and have a theological understanding to, to vet some of the favorite conversations. You know, we have with people is when people come to the church and they're like, "Oh, I have all these I'm new here. I have all these questions about what you guys believe or I want to clarify what it says on the website or whatever." Like, that's exciting. Yeah.
3: It is yes. a good thing when we get meetings it's like true. that one which is only once in a while, it doesn't have much. Right? Yeah. Someone will actually once in a while be like, "Hey, we'd like to get together with you." And it's because they have they they want clarity that way. And when someone cares about that, yeah. it says a lot about pretty awesome
0: someone's act. You know, that reminds me we do have uh, a couple of resource lists. One is kind of a recommended reading list. I almost had you grab it today. Um, to and, and one is uh, uh, basically a recommended resource list, and it's just kind of tried and true people that we would trust. Or you know, when you're out on the internet like you were talking about mm-hmm. before, you can find you know all kinds of crazy stuff out yeah, there. there. And so to, to know that you you know we, we've kind of put together a list that has some parameters of things that we would consider safe to look at. And if anybody ever wants that, we can we can absolutely send it out to them. For sure. Um, so
2: yeah. I got a cool message yesterday from a guy in the fellowship. Asking about a particular resource that he found, I think he said he messaged you too. Yeah, he said, "What do you think about this?" And then we had a little bit of banter back and forth. But he said, basically, like I just want to make sure before I pass it on to somebody that you know this is okay, and, mm-hmm. and you know kind of cracked a joke about I don't want to be a false prophet and you know, mislead people. Mm-hmm. But it was just really refreshing that you know that he cared enough to yeah. say before I pass this on, I want to you know, make sure that this is well, something and, that's solid. And we care
0: about that a lot. So if there's yeah. ever a point where you want to run something by us or whatever, and again, you need to do your own research as well, but we're happy to do that and, and you yeah. know, and we're willing to be checked as well. But but that's, you know, part of what we love to do. Sure,
3: so. for sure. Um, so the first one, it identifies errors and heresies when we're immersed in theology. That's one thing that theology does. The second thing it does is it helps us to sanctify our mind, which to me is kind of the other side of number one it's the flip side because it's one thing to be able to identify dangers mm-hmm. um, but it's another thing to um, to fill that space with something that is true and right. right so it's it's not just about staying away from something it's also about running to something it's John 17
0: yeah. yeah sanctify them in truth their yeah. word is truth that's part of Jesus's prayer for us is that our minds would be sanctified by the truth mm-hmm. and it does that it reprograms our thinking it yeah. It recalibrates us when we get off a little bit. You know, it's that um, renewing our minds. That's yeah. what Scripture does, yeah. and it transforms. I mean, it's just—it's a crazy. You know, if you were to just explain it to somebody, like there's this book that's written, you know, inspired by the Holy Spirit. When you read it, it's going to like wreck you, yeah. change you, right. fix you, correct you, yeah. convict you. It's not like, not once, but every time, yeah. over and over at every stage over, in but, life. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, and 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 you see it happening, and it's it's just. Crazy, amazing. Yeah. yeah, it is. What
3: what is just so everyone's on the same page? What is to sanctify or sanctification? What is, what does that mean?
1: To cleanse. Yeah. To make make holy. Make yeah. Pure.
3: Set apart. Cleanse. Yeah, for sure. So it's it's cool that God doesn't just give us warnings in His revealed word or a special revelation. He doesn't just tell us things He doesn't like, um, but He tells us what He does like, and He gives us solutions um, as well. And, and the Word of God does that. Uh, theology does that. The farther you go down the hole, the more it does that. That's yeah. what's so rad is it's it's it's, it's like, not just a surface thing. It's like adding
0: bleach to dirty laundry. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it white again. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. And you can't you can't exhaust it. Like we were talking about, it's not it's not something that runs out or that you arrive at a place where, um, where you've where you've received all that it it has to give it's the the more that you grow the more that you mature and you go into it the more it 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 gives and gives and gives so i would think about like philippians chapter
2: four i think it is where it talks about you know paul says you know whatever things are true and whatever things are praiseworthy and whatever things are noble and he's got this list he's like think about you know those things set your mind on those things and you know, the, the Bible, it, it doesn't just tell us the things that make God angry. <laughs> right. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, maybe that unhitching from the Old Testament, you know, I think sometimes we well, God was mad at the Old Testament and right. God is loving at the New Testament. Right. But, but the whole Bible uh, shows God's holiness and shows God's love and shows His judgment and shows His grace and, mm-hmm. and all of those things. And the more that we, that we immerse ourselves in it, the more, ideally, that we become in awe of who God is.
3: Sure, mm-hmm. sure. And I think... Uh, this is part of what David talks about here, seven and eight, the law of the Lord's perfect, reviving the soul,
1: mm-hmm.
3: setting it apart, yeah, uh, yep. cleansing it. The testimony of the Lord is true, making wise the simple. And I'm the simple. I'm as simple <laughs> as they come and uh, and it's it, it's giving me things that you know yeah. um, I wouldn't otherwise come up with on my own uh, for sure. the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, the commandment of the Lord is is pure enlightening the eyes and, and so I think all of that is, a result of what theology does when we're immersed in it, it, it sanctifies our minds. Right. It, it definitely changes you, transforms you. So, uh, number three, um, theology matters because it helps us minister more effectively, efficiently um, to others. How? How so? How does it do that? I was thinking the the main way for me when I was thinking about this that it does that is that um, that theology actually um, it always has me running away from myself rather than to myself. And so it, it's it's always leading me to others um, to, to being centered on others rather than being centered on myself. That's one of the things that theology does. And therefore, I, I become a better minister, I become a better servant, I become a, a better lover of people um, when I'm more out of myself. And I know that this is, this is one of the weird things in the Bible that the world can't grasp it's backwards from what we're told to do and what we're told makes us happy and what we're told makes us joy which is more of us we need more self-realization where the bible actually says i'm going to lead you away from yourself mm-hmm. and you're going to be free when you do and, and we're free then to love like jesus actually told us to so th- theology does that it, it leads us to be more effective ministers
0: well even though i was thinking of the way in, in counseling today uh, there, there's biblical counseling, and then there's more of the secular or world worldly counseling, and and they're very different. One looks for the answer inside yourself, mm-hmm. and one looks for the answer outside right. of yourself. Yes. and so anytime that you know, uh, when when we're talking to people about the scriptures and trying to give them counsel, we're always going to point to Christ as the answer that's outside yep. of themselves that that's going to fix things, yep. not what's inside themselves, like, you can make yourself better, you can, and, and so there's a very different That's kind right. of approach, worldview approach, in regards to the way we approach no doubt. those things. Definitely.
1: Definitely. Yeah, what people think is wrong with them, or what they've been told is wrong with them, versus the solution, yeah. what Scripture tells us our disease is, which is sin, and what it tells us our solution is, yep. which is Christ. So it changes theology, and understanding that changes our approach to, mm-hmm. to caring for people. Yeah,
3: it allows us to build a whole new paradigm. A whole new understanding um, that actually proves itself out. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It's not a theory, right. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Leave it in a secular worldview, like you talk about. Like there, there, there is a theology behind that. Sure. Uh, we mm-hmm. might see like a little T theology as opposed to a capital T theology. But you know who who, who your God is depends on you know where you look for the, the problems and the associated solutions. Yeah. And so when when I'm my own God, well, of course the the solution, the problems outside of me, and the solution's inside mm-hmm. of me. And so so having right theology. Absolutely matters.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Tozer one time said, what, "What you think about when when God comes to your mind um, is the most important thing about yeah. us, and it really does change everything. It informs everything else that goes on. Right. So if you're your own God, that's you know it's gonna it's gonna have a, the ripple effect. What whereas yeah. if we're answering to the God of the Bible, and that's what comes to our mind, it's gonna affect everything else in our lives. That's yeah. true.
3: Sure. Good. So it helps us minister more effectively, more efficiently uh, to others uh, for another reason why uh, theology matters is that it leads us to praise. And um, yeah. this happens almost every time I go into the word of God, depending on what kind of mood and mindset I'm in. Uh, if I'm in a normal mindset, um, the, res- the natural response to-, to spending time looking at him and hearing from him is always to praise him. Um, that's always the response. The theology almost always leads to a doxology um, mm-hmm. yep. every time. Um, and of course, you know, David mentions this here in 8, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. So uh, you know, we talk about the word being life-giving. Giving, and, and this is a reality of it. Theology is life-giving. It's not just this academic um, exercise that we were talking about. It's, it, uh, it's actually reps, spiritual reps, and you know, life-giving reps, um, the more that you get into it. So, um,
2: yeah. Well, I think there's a reality that, that that we praise whoever or whatever our God is all of the time. Um, you know, Romans 1 talks about the, you know, the problem of humanity is that, that we got things backwards and we, we worship the creation over and above the creator. So, the, so created things became our God. And you know, that's the entire problem of humanity is that we worship the wrong things. Yeah. Um, one author i can't remember a book i read years ago talked about the, the you know we're unceasing worshipers mm-hmm. the idea is that, that our worship is is something that we direct constantly mm-hmm. you know towards something or someone and so the question is you know, who or what are we directing it to right uh, but but we never cease worshipping someone or something and so as we continually come back to you know how god has revealed himself to us that of course that's going to create worship mm-hmm. but but if if this is absent from our lives or not important in our lives they' a priority in our lives. We're, we're still worshiping something and we're directing it somewhere.
3: Yeah yeah, we're all worshipers. Uh, we were created to worship and um, but this actually calibrates us, centers right. us good word, on the calibrate. one that, on the one that we were created to worship. and that's why there's actually full joy, satisfaction, fulfillment right. when he is the object of that worship. And theology, yep. well, and that's why be. you know
0: getting him right according to the way he's revealed <laughs> exactly. himself matters so much because yeah. that is a God worthy of our worship. That's right, so right. many, so many people out there have this view of God that is—it's—it's it's just a pitiful. Why would you worship a God who isn't in control, who doesn't know the end from the beginning? Who right. you know the way that so many people view God is so anemic and pathetic, and, and it makes you wonder why they're even you know. But the way God reveals Himself in the Bible, Mm -hmm. you know, He is so huge; we are so small. He's so it just You know, of course, He's you know somebody we're going to worship when we understand Him properly. For sure.
1: You think of like when people encounter angels in the Bible and they just drop down on the ground and you know start like worshiping or I'm not worthy kind of a thing, and like that's what glory and holiness like does to us. They reflect God's light, and so. When we encounter God in Scripture, it causes us to do the same thing.
3: Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, And so there's one more I want to throw in here because we we do hit this one often, and it's extremely important, is our our theology, what we believe, very much affects how we live, which actually is kind of what we've been saying in all this. But maybe we can say it in a different way. When we use words like exposition, you know, when it comes to preaching or handling the Word of God, rightly interpreting so it's it's not enough just to read your bible we also want to read it with the the intent of the author we want to read it um, uh, exposit it in a way that um, it was intended to be because there's a lot of people that can read their bibles very wrong and so that's another reason why orthodoxy theology um, matters um, is because it helps us to understand how to rightly right. interpret our scriptures, which then leads to a right practice of what yeah, it are is you that gonna we're to Say distracted. the big word. Say the big impressive word. <laughs> we're waiting for it. Orthopraxy. Yeah, proper, what are we doing?
0: Proper orthodoxy leads to proper orthopraxy. I there you go. You were going yeah. there.
3: And so this is this is why we encourage you guys so much here uh, to do that. You know, you got the glasses um, on
0: and everything. Yeah. Just gonna, yeah. You, know, well, you know, say the smart word. I know you know. It. I'm just kidding. Yeah.
1: I, you guys want to add to that. People are googling right now. Or do you just yeah. want to yeah. sit and make fun <laughs> of my <our> <laughs> I'm not making fun I of I <laughs> you. I can s- handle it. What would you say to someone who's like avoids theology because they're afraid, like, that they'll get it wrong? That you know, we talk about how to interpret scripture and these things, and that seems. I remember a time when I was a kid, and that seemed like impossible for me. Like, what would you say to someone who's like, you know, I let the pastors do all that, and they're going to feed it to me directly rather than
0: going to the Word? Hmm. I'd say you're missing out big time because yeah. there's something about it. There's a little book I, I had in, in Bible college called uh, Know Why You Believe What You Believe. And it was a very small book that just kind of pointed out the fact that y- y- you're gonna benefit, you're gonna have you're stand on more solid ground, whatever it is, if you just know that you can defend what you believe, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I think most Christians can't. Yeah. And so, you know, as far as just having kind of a strong faith and a hope that's a little bit more real, that's that's what comes from that. So mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate it. the guys in my life that have always challenged me on what I believe, and then I have to go back and defend it by yeah. Scripture. I come out so much stronger and more assured of what I'm, you know, what I'm believing and all that. So you, instead of being tossed to and fro, fro throw to and fro fro from, uh, from the waves fro. Uh, I almost list to and throw. <laughs> instead of being tossed to and fro, you, you're definitely more, you know, established in, in what you believe, which is a good thing yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Yeah,
2: well, I think we we can approach scripture in a couple of different ways. And there are big words for these two, but you know, we can come to scripture with our own ideas and kind of dig and look to try to confirm.
3: You know, maybe what I already think. Wouldn't you say that's the default position for everybody? Absolutely. Yeah. Our, our default when we when we come is to read it like we would any other book. So we're coming with um, with our own lens, right. with us being the central character reading it for us. Yeah. And the so Bible's pick, a little different that way.
2: Pick the hot button issues of, you know, the cultural moment that we're in right now. and We can take those issues and go to the Bible and say, okay, I'm going to dig and try to find a, to confirm, you know, what I think about this. Or we can come to the Bible and just let the Bible speak to us uh, and change what we think uh, right. and, and affect the way that we think. What's the big and, word for that? Jesus uh, is when we come to the Bible with our own ideas, trying to make the Bible say something. Yes. To exeg- or exegesis is when we let the Bible right. speak to the us and to extract what's there rather to impose what's there and so that that's key that we come to god's word uh with a willingness to have our own ideas challenged uh, Mm -hmm. and changed so that we come even with a willingness to maybe even be offended at what the bible might say to (laughs) the oh expect to be right (laughs) over and over again
3: there's still stuff in here that i i don't get down with right there's there's stuff that's just harsh and difficult to understand and even seems wrong yeah like that that doesn't make any sense And, and yet who am i to to tell God what makes sense and what does. (laughs) I'm the broken one.
1: People like to ask me, like, what's your favorite book of the Bible? John Brandon asked me, this was at youth group last night, and I like to respond by answering and then saying, what's your least favorite book of the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> Just to see what people will say. Not that it's, you know. What's your least favorite book of the Bible? What's, what's your favorite Mark gospel? Mark, what's your least favorite gospel. Mark, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's put the gospels in order. That's you know, there's it's only two favorite. ways put them in order to rank right them. You know that. <laughs> rank We've been through that. <laughs>
3: Cool. Anyone else got any any parting words? Anything that needs to come out as far as the importance of theology? We oh. do. We do want you guys as pastors. We we want you guys to benefit and be blessed by theology. We want you to dig more into the Word of God and to uh, just again enjoy the fullness of, of what you'll find there, the safety of it, and and even the praise that comes out of it. And um, uh, it's not it's not dry and sterile and clinical and academic. It is. It's life-giving. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: I would just stress that, uh, you know, and I, I see it in, in all of you, and I know I have it as well. We love theology. Mm-hmm. We're committed to sound theology. It's something that... Um, I think you could come to this church and easily think, you know, just by the way we look and the way we do think sometimes that that's not super important to right. us. And it really is extremely important to It's us. like the most <laughs> important thing. Yeah. yeah, it's something we, we absolutely um, love, and I appreciate, you know, your commitment to it. The thought of being wrong and even what we teach on a Sunday is devastating to yeah. us. It's, it's, right? it's actually
3: happened before where yeah. where I've been wrong or said something wrong in a sermon or something, and it's been brought to my attention, and I literally will lose sleep. Yeah. And, and it's not just because... I'm prideful, and I was wrong. It bothers me right. that I've mishandled or misrepresented, and I know that you guys are, same are the same way. No, you can't yeah. wait to get
0: back and correct that, or yeah. right, you know, um, clear it up because it is—it's such a serious thing. What we believe and what we teach about God matters so much, yeah. and yep. And we don't want to get that wrong in any way. So I just appreciate the commitment that we have to sound orthodox right. theology and doctrine in this church. Yeah. Well, I
3: think I think uh, kind of to go along with what you said, you can. Um, see what's most important to somebody by what it is they talk about the most and I was thinking about this this week how we spend a lot of time together outside these walls we spend a lot of time together and there's, there's not even a contest at, I think where we spend the bulk of our time talking yeah. about we sit around off the clock quote unquote talking about the things of God because that's what, what matters most right. to all of us and that's just a cool thing
1: you know. so, yeah, we used to sit around having those conversations, and every once in a while you'd be like, This should be a podcast. Yeah, like, and here we <laughs> and are. Here we yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. I wish people could be flies on the walls yeah. for this, you know?
3: So, and then yeah. here's here's Table Talk, which is kind of that. So, if
2: remember who that. it is, it, it might have been Tozer because it lines up with your, the earlier quote that you mentioned, but somebody wants it, like, everybody's a theologian.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, you know, my encouragement would be like, realize that, that you already think things about who God is or isn't. Yeah. And, and so maybe this idea of theology, well, it might sound, you know, academic and, um, you know, a big mountain to climb. Like everybody has thoughts already about who God is or isn't. Mm-hmm. And because that's true, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we have right thoughts about who God right. is and isn't. And there's one place to find that. And yeah. so don't let the idea of theology be a scary idea because you're already engaging to some degree or another in theology.
3: Yeah. And it's, yeah, the special revelations where, where we get that. You know, God's you know preserved that yeah. for us and handed it down for us, and and so abuse, use it and abuse it heavily, <laughs> right? Yeah,
1: I'd say sometimes we think of theology as like, you know, a Christian dogmatics you know textbook that's just kind of like Article One, Paragraph One on God, and it's just like you know this very ac- academic, intellectual kind of thing, but as you've said through this, like it's more than that. It's reading Scripture, it's talking about God with other Christians, it's really seeking to understand and encounter um, the nature and character of God, who he is and, and what he has for us. So it's it's not, don't think of it as just like reading books in an office right. filled with the institutes or whatever, you know, <laughs> not to diss your office. Dude. Well, <laughs> but sometimes... I was thinking of it when I or sometimes, that's, sometimes that's helpful, though, too, <laughs> um,
0: because, uh, you know, we, we recommend there's a systematic theology book that we recommend by Wayne Grudem. We really like that one. Uh, there's others out there that are also good, but um, that's one where you can take something. If you just had a question about the Trinity or, or about, you know, how we want to see it, yeah. you can go to that chapter yeah. and you can kind of, it, it is pretty helpful. Yeah. So, so those things are kind of helpful sometimes, but yeah, I, I don't, you know, I'm like, not I, against those It's books a book that's this thick and theology that's what people is look at. That. I don't want that. Right. But theology happens in so many different areas, that's why we have to be so careful yeah. because, that, I started to say that before and I lost my train, but even the music we sing here at the yeah. door, uh, the books we recommend, all of these things matter to us as far as…
3: It's all preaching and theology. It's preaching theology. Yeah. Is it a, a right theology or a wrong right.
0: theology? Even the, the little saying we have at the, during the praise and prayer time, the sharing time that says, you know, the, the, the pastoral general warning, that's sometimes the, people yeah. get up there to say a prayer and they will pray wrong yeah. things about God, okay. I mean, theologically wrong things. And and that, you know, not That's that why that, we came up with a warning. Yeah. That's yeah, one of the reasons going, for the warning. Yeah. It's like you might hear something in a prayer sometimes yep. that's wrong. Yep. And so we, you know, we care about guarding proper theology. Yeah, yep, we really do. Yeah.
3: Good stuff, boys. Um, when do you want to praise out okay. here? All
0: right.
3: You got rock <laughs> paper scissors. <laughs> <sir. clears throat>
2: Father thanks for today, and uh, um Things that we can sit here and dialogue uh, on a topic such as this, but more than that, God, we just want to say thank you that you've revealed yourself to us, uh, that you've made yourself known uh, through your word and through the person of Christ. Uh, Thank you that you've given us minds and intellects that uh, have some ability to uh, understand what it is that you've revealed to us. So I would pray uh, not only for us as pastors, but just for our, our whole church fellowship and anybody that might be tuning in that you would uh, give us uh, a continu- continued desire to rightly know who you are, uh, and that you would help us to have uh, just an excitement and a hunger uh, for the word that you've given us, uh, that we would uh, devote our lives to uh, continue to study it so that we can know more and more who you are. And uh, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
3: Thanks for joining us. See you Sunday or next Thursday. or
0: Sometime. 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 Bye.